When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 18 of New Moon, titled The Funeral. So where we left off... Bella jumped off a cliff, Jacob saved her, Victoria can swim, Alice is back, she thinks that Bella stinks, and she also can't see Jacob in her visions because he's a werewolf. And also Jacob's pretty pissed off that Bella sort of ditched him to hang out with Alice, but there's a treaty so he can't hang around. This convenient treaty. So there was a knock at the door, remember, a knock at the door. Who could it be? Who could it be? They think it might be Jacob. They think it might be Jacob. It's Jacob. And Alice had gapped it because she doesn't want to be hanging out with a werewolf. And Jacob is there with an attitude from the jump. He's standing at the door with his nose wrinkled in distaste. But his face otherwise smooth, mask-like. I doubt you could really call him mask-like if his nose is wrinkled in distaste. Like we can sort of see through your mask. And waves of hostility are rolling off of him. And she can see that Jared and Embry are in the car looking at them. And that sort of annoys her. She's like, oh, the Cullens aren't going to kill me. It's so annoying that they're trying to protect my life. Even though they've just killed one vampire to save me. Like, I'm annoyed that they're anxious about me hanging out with other vampires. Like, how dare they? And so Bella matches his tone. And she starts being super narky back at him. And she's like, she's not here. Do you need something? Because he's staring at the house. And he's like, oh, you're alone? And she's like, yes. (laughs) She says that she sighed it. So it's like, yes. She doesn't normally act like a teenage girl, but in this scene, she is acting like a hormonal teen. Because she is just bringing the chewed. And he's like, can I talk to you a minute? She's like, oh, of course you can. And then she's looking at Jared and Embry in the car and they're locking eyes. And she's like, "Ugh, do they really think I would let anything hurt Jacob? And well, it's not really in your power to stop a vampire from hurting Jacob. You've said yourself that they're much stronger than you. So how would you stop a vampire from hurting Jacob? How? How exactly? And so Jacob sees the blankets on the couch and he's like, ugh, slumber party. And she's like, yeah, what's it to you? So there's super bickery and he's wrinkling his nose again. His nose is just permanently wrinkled. And he's like, where's your friend? And she's like, she went to run errands. What do you want? (laughs) 
Like a minute ago, she was just thinking like, maybe I could date him. Maybe I could really just commit my life to this guy, even though I don't really like him romantically. I like him as a brother. So maybe I should just date him. But now she's like, what do you want? <laughs> and he's restless. He's staring at everything in the room. And she's like, what, what is going on with you? What's your problem? And he says, I don't like having to be here. And she winces because that stings her. And she's like, well, sorry you had to come. Why don't you tell me what you need so you can leave? Ugh. The pair of them, just get on the same page and stop with your bullshit. And Jacob's like, I just have to ask you a couple of questions. It shouldn't take long. We have to get back for the funeral. It's like, yeah, there's a funeral today, Bella. Get your head out of your ass. But she's like, okay, get it over with then. So he's like, okay, so the Cullen is here, right? And she's like, yes, Alice Cullen. And he's like, well, how long is she staying for? And she's like, as long as she wants. It's an open invitation because Alice was having a thrilling time watching Bella scrub the toilet. I'm sure Alice can't wait to leave, to be honest. And he says, okay, well then could you tell her about Victoria? You should know that we can only watch our own lands when a Cullen's around. You'll be safe with us in La Push, but we can't protect you out here anymore because of the treaty. And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) She doesn't care. She does not care. If it were me, and I had a crazy vampire stalking me, I would perhaps pick the five werewolves over the one vampire. I mean, it's a numbers game here, Bells. Who are you siding with, hun? Like, I know you have an emotional attachment to Alice, but guess what? You also have that with Jacob. And he's also got a whole pack full of people that can help, and they've just killed Laurent. Their track record is pretty good. Alice, we don't know if she's useful at all, really. Because it was Edward and Emmett and Jasper that killed James. Alice kept out of it. So we do not know her track record for vampire on vampire violence. But she's like, yeah, cool. Alice will look after me while I'm in Forks, whatever. And then Jacob's like, okay, so um, also, are the rest of them coming back now? And the way he said it made her think of Sam. And she's like, oh, it's annoying how much Jacob is becoming much more like Sam. And it's like, Bella, you already know that Sam's a nice guy. I mean, apart from when he mauled his girlfriend. (laughs) He did maul his girlfriend, but apart from that, he's not actually a cult leader. That was all in your head. So what's wrong with Jacob talking in a cool, quiet voice that's calm? And she's like, no, they aren't coming back. So run along now. Go tell Sam that the scary monsters aren't coming to get you. And he says, okay, still calm. And she's just annoyed at how calm he's being. But he walks off. So Jacob really shouldn't be walking off at this point. It's a numbers game, Jacob. Screw the treaty and just kill Alice and keep an eye on your fake girlfriend. And she's thinking, what a disaster. How could I have alienated him so completely in such a short amount of time? Well, your attitude wasn't great, Bella, to be quite frank. You were being very sarcastic. So then she's got her head in her hands and she's thinking, but what could I have done differently? Even in hindsight, I couldn't think of any better way, any perfect course of action. Um, I, I could probably think of something. Maybe you could have not been such a bitch. And then she hears Jacob say, Bella. So Jacob hadn't left. She just thought that he'd left, (laughs) but he hadn't left. And he's still in the kitchen doorway. And she's crying and he's like, oh, I did it again, didn't I? I broke my promise not to hurt you. And she's like, it's okay. I started it. So at least she's admitting that she had a backup and a bit of a chewed on her. 
And he's apologising, but she could see the revulsion in his eyes when he mentions the bloodsuckers. And she says she wanted to explain to him what Alice was really like to defend her, but something warned her that now was not the time. And he's like, it's fine. She's just visiting, right? Things will go back to normal once she leaves. And Bella says, can't I be friends with you both at the same time? And he's like, no, I don't think you can. Also, Bella, Alice isn't going to stay here forever. She's totally like pressuring Alice to hang out with an open invitation for as long as she wants her to. And I'm like, Alice has a life. She has a whole afterlife of things she could be doing. She's doing her ancestry.com. She's sorting out her heritage. Let her go and live her afterlife. She doesn't want to be hanging around with a brother's ex-girlfriend. Also, why are you so happy with the reminder of Edward in your house? All book long, she's been talking about this open gaping wound in her chest. All this pain in her chest, she can't even think the name Edward. She hears the name Edward and she winces and the wound is open. But now his sister is here and she's like, much better? That doesn't track for me. So Jacob promises to always be her friend no matter what and they hug. But then he's sniffing her and he's like, ugh. And she's like, what? Why does everyone keep doing that to me? I don't smell. And he's like, actually you do. You smell like them. Too sweet, sickly sweet and icy. It burns my nose. So I didn't know ice had a smell. I guess icy is the smell now. And so they're both like, huh, maybe vampires and werewolves don't like each other's smell. What a fantastic insight. And Bella's like, well, you both smell fine to me. This is the most boring book. What's happened this book, guys? It's chapter 18. And what's happened? Edward dumped her. Jacob and her went on some scouting, hiking trips. She had like a a five minute conversation with Laurent and then some wolves killed him and that's about it. Jacob was one of those wolves and then she jumped off of a cliff. I mean, what else has happened? And do you know what else really annoys me about this book is for the past five chapters, we've been building up Victoria as this huge threat. And yet at the end of the book, it's, it's unresolved. There's no closure to that conflict because there's this whole Italy diversion that's coming up. And they never resolve the Victoria thing. And she's like, oh, I'll just do that in the next book, in Eclipse. And I'm like, well, that's what this book was meant to be about. Why are you introducing a villain and then just dropping that villain and saving it for for the next series? It doesn't make sense. And Bella says, oh, it's such a nasty catch 22. On the one hand, I want Alice to stay forever. But how was I supposed to go without seeing Jake for any length of time? What a mess. And I'm thinking, well, don't let Alice stay forever. She's your ex's sister. That's such a weird relationship to continue on once you've been dumped. And if I were Edward, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, whoa, you're my sister and you're hanging out with my ex. That's not cool. I just think Bella wants to be a vampire. She just got in her head that Edward was going to turn her and she just imagined that she'd have this wonderful life being a vampire because she'll finally be pretty and quick and graceful. And that's what she's really mourning. I think she's just mourning that she'll never be graceful. And Jacob's like, all right, well, see ya. I'll miss you. Hope she leaves soon. And he's like, and I better not be near her because I don't want to break the treaty. And also you probably wouldn't like it too much if I killed your friend. And she recoils from that and he's like, hey, it is what it is. And then he's cupping his big brown hand under her chin. Of course, she's got to tell us that it's a big brown hand. I'm surprised she didn't use my favorite word, russet. But then they're hugging and then he's touching her face with his big brown hand. And then he's saying Bella. 
And she's sort of like, oh, he's about to lean in for a kiss. And she's like, "Uh oh, this is too soon. I hadn't made this decision yet. I don't know if I could do this. And now I don't have enough time to think. And excuse me, but last chapter in the car, you were about to kiss him. And you were making up your mind in the process. And you, you were pretty certain. And the only thing that stopped you was seeing Carlisle's car, which was driven by another person who would have thought. So here she's like, oh, no, I don't have enough time to think about what I want. And I was like, well, I kind of did have enough time when you were the one making the shot in the car. And she's looking at him and she's like, oh, I do love him. He's my safe harbor and I could choose to have him belong to me. That's the thing about this Bella Swan and this Edward Cullen and this Jacob Black. No one belongs to no one else. Just because you're dating someone does not mean they belong to you or you belong to them. It's toxic and you all need to snap out of it. And she's still trying to justify settling with Jacob. She's like, true love was lost. The prince was never coming back to kiss me awake from my enchanted sleep. So I guess she just wants to end up with the frog being Jacob. How rude to Jacob. She's like, maybe it would feel nice. Maybe it would just be like when he holds my hand. You're not into it, Bella, so stop it. And Jacob's bending in about to kiss her. And she's still undecided, allegedly. And that's when the phone rings and it makes them both jump. And Jacob just does the rudest thing. And he leans over her and grabs the phone and answers it. Mate, this isn't your house. You can't go answering someone else's phone. And this is also what makes me think a middle-aged white woman wrote this because no, no young person, no millennial is voluntarily answering a phone. A ringing phone? That's scarier than any vampire or werewolf. If I was at a friend's house and the phone rang, I'd say, what the hell is that? And then I'd say, well, you're going to answer it. I'm not answering it. I wouldn't even think about answering it. But here Jacob is just like, oh, one ring. Boop. Hello, Swan Residence. And like, it's one thing to answer the phone if like your friend's in the bathroom and they're like, oh, could you quickly grab that? And you're like, oh God, what's it going to be? A telemarketer or something. But Bella was right there. Bella was right there and she could have answered her own phone. He had no right, no right, but it was necessary for the plot. It's a whole big thing. So Jacob's body language changes instantly and he's like, he's not here. He's at the funeral. And then he hangs up and she's like, who was that? And she's like, who did you just hang up on in my house and on my phone? So yeah, I'm on your side, Bella, for once. You should be angry. And Jacob's like, oh, calm down. He hung up on me. And she's like, hey, who was it? And she's doing that thing with, with the who was it, where it's a question mark and then an exclamation, like both of them at once. So that's when you really, really want a question answered, isn't it? And he's like, oh, it's Dr. Carlisle Cullen. And she's like, oh, why didn't you let me talk to him? And she does the question mark with the exclamation again. <laughs> so she's riled up. And Jacob's like, he didn't ask for you. He just asked where Charlie was. And I told him. I don't think I broke any rules of etiquette. Well, yeah, you did. You answered someone else's phone, you freak. And then he senses something else. Obviously, Alice returning. And he's like, Ugh! and he's like, bye, Bells. And he runs out the door. But he was running out the front door and she ran after him and then ran into him because he must have stopped at the front door. And then he spun around trying to get out the back door. But before he does that, Alice is at the foot of the stairs. I don't know what's in Jacob's mind right now, but I imagine he's just smelling a lot of smells and he doesn't know which door to exit out of. Meanwhile, Bella's getting knocked around like a little pinball. 
And she's got to scramble to her feet, which makes me think that she fell over. (laughs) And Alice is being all dramatic. She's pale as a ghost. Bella says her eyes were dazed and her face was drawn and whiter than bone. The fact that vampires can, can go pale, even though they're already deathly pale, it just doesn't make sense. If they can't blush, why can she go whiter than bone when she's nervous? Uh, That doesn't sound right to me. I thought her body was meant to be frozen in time, but here she is whiter than bone, as opposed to her normal whiteness. And Bella's like, what's wrong? And she says, Edward. And of course, Bella doesn't take that great. So the whole room starts spinning. And then Jacob's swearing. And she says, I felt a vague disapproval because he's swearing. She says his new friends were clearly a bad influence because he's swearing. She's upset that Jacob was swearing. Edward drank blood. Like he killed animals and drank blood. And he's drunk human blood before. Like he said he killed like serial killers, which, okay, isn't as bad, but he has eaten a human being. And she didn't bat an eyelid at that. But now Jacob's swearing. And it's probably Mormon swearing. She doesn't specify. She just says it's a stream of profanities. But I think Mormon swearing is probably what, like, shit, darn, maybe darn or damn it all to heck. He's probably said, sweet Jesus or something like that. And she's like, "Ugh, his friends have taught him bad language. How dare he? Alice has killed people. Jasper tried to kill her and she's fine with that. But a little bit of swearing, mm-mm, not good. But Bella's going into catatonic response right now. And Alice and Jacob are like, Bella, Bella, snap out of it. She just said his name and she's lost the plot. She does suspect that something's gone wrong though. It's not just because his name was dropped, but she's like, Alice, what happened? And she asked, even though she didn't want to hear. And Alice is like, I don't know. And then she says, what is he thinking? And she does the question mark, exclamation mark. Stephanie Meyer's really using that one a lot, isn't she? It's a bit of a crutch. So Alice pulls out a small silver phone from her bag and then she's talking to Rosalie. And she says, Rose, I need to talk to Carlisle now. And she's like, fine, as soon as he's back, no, I'll be on a plane. Look, have you heard from Edward? And then her mouth goes into a little O of horror (laughs) and the phone is shaking in her hand. And she's like, why would you do that, Rosalie? She's like, you're wrong on both counts. She's fine. I was wrong. It's a long story. Yes, that's what I saw. Blah, blah, blah. She says, it's a bit late for that, Rose. Save your remorse for someone who believes it. And then she snaps the phone shut. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Maybe this book would be more interesting if Rosalie hung about because she is a firecracker. I like her negative attitude and I like how she hates Bella. I identify with Rosalie. And Bella's like, oh, Alice, Carlisle's back. He just called like a, a minute or so before you showed up. And she's like, oh, well, what did he say? And she's like, oh, I didn't talk to him. And Jacob's like, oh, he asked for Charlie. And I told him Charlie wasn't here. Like, gosh, why are you guys all so obsessed with the phone call that I, that I took in a home that's not my own? And Alice is like, what were the exact words? Bella's like, he said, he's not here. He's at the funeral. And then Alice is like, oh no. And she's on her knees. So she's really not doing a good job of keeping things calm. And she says, that wasn't Carlisle on the phone. And Jacob's like, you're calling me a liar. (laughs) She's like, it was Edward. He thinks you're dead. How she's pieced all this together, I don't know, because she can't have visions where Jacob's around. So I guess that's why she didn't see a vision of the phone conversation. But she also knows that it wasn't Carlo, it was Edward. I, I guess she's pieced it together. And Bella's like, ah, oh, he thinks I'm dead. That's fine. We can sort that out. She's like, so Rosalie told him I killed myself. Potato, potato, you win some, you lose some. And Alice says, in her defense, she did believe it. They rely on my sight far too much for something that works so imperfectly. You're telling me. You're telling me, Alice Cullen. It's never worked perfectly at all. And then Bella's like, oh, so when Edward called here, he thought Jacob meant my funeral. And I don't know if she still figured it out yet, because then she says, oh, it stung to know how close I'd been to hearing his voice. And like, Bella, that's really not the crux of the matter here. I think you're, you're missing the conclusion that Alice is pointing you towards. And Alice is like, you're okay? And she's like, yeah, you know, it's rotten timing, but next time he calls, I'll answer. (laughs) Bella, he's not calling you. He thinks you're dead and he's going to kill himself. It's Romeo and Juliet, remember? She's trying to make a whole Romeo and Juliet thing. So if Juliet's dead, then Romeo's got to die. What kind of message is this sending to the young people of the world reading New Moon? Like with Shakespeare doing it, I kind of get it because it's olden days, you know. We we weren't so PC and quick to protect children from literature. But here we've got Stephanie Meyer just sending out a message that if you get dumped, your life's worthless. And that if your boyfriend dies, you should die too. Like, what? Very harmful. Very, very harmful writing in this book. And I think she gets let off the hook because people are like, Twilight's trash. Like, it doesn't really matter what it says because it's trash. Well, it matters. She's painting a portrait of a toxic relationship that is telling kids that if it doesn't work out with your boyfriend in high school, that the next best conclusion is either a catatonic state of depression or death. But Bella still doesn't get it. And Alice is like, Edward won't call again. He believed her. And she says, well, well, I don't know if she says this out loud. She says, I don't understand. And it's in quote marks. And each word is its own sentence. And she says, my mouth framed each word in silence. I couldn't push the air out to actually say the words that would make her explain what that meant. So I'm guessing she didn't actually say, I don't understand. 
even though it's in quote marks, her mouth framed each word in silence. I'm guessing she didn't say it out loud. And then Alice says, he's going to Italy. And that she understands. I mean, Alice, you could have just said, oh, he's going to try and kill himself. But she said, he's going to Italy, which is super vague. And if it weren't for one conversation that Bella and Edward had had at the start of this book, which Alice didn't know about. Alice wasn't there for this conversation. But if it weren't for that conversation, Bella wouldn't have understood the context clues or been like, oh, Italy, great. Like, go and have a pizza for me. So Alice isn't being very clear, but Bella figures it out anyway. She's like, oh, Italy. That reminds me of that conversation I had with Edward while we were watching Romeo and Juliet, funnily enough. It's funny. It's funny how that happens. And of course, she's got the photographic memory. She's just word for word verbatim recounting the conversation that happened six months ago, where Edward says, I wasn't going to live without you, but I wasn't sure how to do it. Maybe I would go to Italy and do something to provoke the Volturi. You don't irritate them, not unless you want to die. And she's like, oh, I remember that conversation perfectly. So she's saying, no, exclamation mark, no question mark. And then she's saying, no, 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 he can't, he can't do that, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, so many exclamation marks. And she says, he made up his mind as soon as your friend confirmed that it was too late to save you. (sighs) You know what, Edward, maybe, maybe call back again, get clarification, but perhaps send her a Facebook message, maybe write on her wall. I mean, this is like 2007, 2008, right on her wall and probably get a bit more confirmation. Maybe wait until there's like a notice in the paper or something and don't just take Jacob Black's word for it that Charlie's at the funeral. Like, wouldn't you think Jacob would be at the funeral? So like, Edward, you're calling your ex-girlfriend's house because you think she's committed suicide. Her friend Jacob answers. Now, they weren't that close while you knew her to be fair, but you do know who Jacob is because you interacted at prom and everything. So Jacob answers, or anyone really, like even if you don't recognize the voice, wouldn't, wouldn't you have a follow-up question or be thinking, why is someone at the house when there's a funeral going on? But also Jacob, a bit misleading to say he's at the funeral, like the funeral, when you know that Carlisle doesn't know who freaking Harry Clearwater is. Why are you saying the funeral like there could only be one? Oh, everyone is so dumb. It's so, this never would happen in real life. Regardless of werewolves, vampires, it would never happen in real life that someone would answer someone else's phone and there'd be this huge miscommunication. But that's what happens in the plot, conveniently. And Bella has a great point. She's like, but he left me. He didn't want me anymore. So what difference does it make if I'm dead? Why would he now want to die? And Alice is like, I don't think he ever planned to outlive you by very long. Then why did he dump her in the first place, guys? Like, Edward, if you're going to be this dramatic, maybe you should have just stuck it out and dated her for like 60 years of a human life or whatever, and then killed yourself. Or just turn her into the vampire. Like, I know you're morally opposed or whatever, but how is this any better? He really, he really did the wrong thing by dumping her in a forest. He really played those cards wrong, didn't he? And Jacob's just sitting there, but she's like, get out of my way, Jacob. Alice, we've got to do something. We've got to call him. And she's like, oh, he left his phone in a trash can in Rio. Alice knows so much. And Bella's like, why do we have to hurry? What what do you mean hurry? And Alice is like, well, we might already be too late. I saw him going to the Volturi and asking to die. She says, it all depends on what they choose. I can't see that till they make a decision. 
Of course you can't. Of course you can't. Why can't she see a decision? If she can't see ahead of a decision, then she shouldn't be able to see anything at all because the whole world is built on decisions. The whole future is built on decisions. <sighs> oh, I can't see it until they make a decision. Yeah, right. What a cop out. She's like, if they say no, Edward has a backup plan and Edward will do something to upset the peace because he thinks they'll act to stop him. And he's right, they will. So I know she can see the future, allegedly, but how can she see Edward's thought process? That's what doesn't make sense to me. She's telling us what Edward's thinking as if she's the mind reader. But if the decision's not been made, how can she see that far ahead? All she should be able to see is him asking to be killed. She shouldn't know what his thought processes are or his backup plan. And Bella's like, okay, so we've got some time if they don't want to kill him straight away. Well, let's go. And like, then they're just going to like fly to Italy to try and beat Edward on his flight to Italy. Like it's the amazing race. So Rio to Rome is about 14 and a half hours with one stop. And Seattle to Rome is 13 hours and 20 minutes with one stop. So theoretically, they could both arrive there at the same time since the phone call just happened. You'd really want a great travel agent to figure out who's going to get there first. I just think it's so crazy that Edward's in Rio and, and no one could kill him in Rio. The only ancient vampires are purely localized in this one little town in Italy. There's no werewolves in Rio that he can stumble across. I mean, South America, it's a big continent and nothing could kill him. I'm just saying, I would have the Volturi as my backup, backup plan. I would go into the Amazon and just like get bitten by some snakes. And Bella is just ready to go. She's like, all right, let's go. And she's like, Bella, whether we are in time or not, we will be in the heart of the Volturi city. I will be considered his accomplice if he is successful. You will be a human that knows too much and smells too good. There's every chance that they will eliminate us all. Though in your case, it won't be punishment so much as dinner time. She says, this is what's keeping us here. I'll go alone if you're afraid. So Bella is totally fine with the prospect of her dying and getting killed by the Volturi. Even though if she dies, she already knows Edward's going to want to kill himself. So won't that sort of defeat the purpose if you go and save Edward, save him, and then you die and he'll be like, oh, well, that's put off my death for 10 minutes. Or if you both die, how is that a win-win? Just let him die. He dumped you. You don't owe him shit. But she's mentally thinking about how much money she's got in the bank account. And she's like, oh, hopefully Alice will let me borrow the rest for flights. Well, I mean, if you're going to die, like... (laughs) Buy first class, go all out, get a loan. And Alice is like, I'm afraid of getting you killed. And she's like, I almost get myself killed on a daily basis, which is so sad, but so true. And Alice is like, okay, write a note to Charlie. And she forgot Charlie existed, but she writes a note. And Jacob's like, I'm not going to let anything happen to Charlie because she's still worried about Victoria attacking. But she's trying to write the note and she can't find a pen. But thankfully, a smooth brown hand held one out to her. Like, why do we need to know that it's a brown hand in the midst of all of this? Just say Jacob handed me a pen. A smooth brown hand held one out to me. You know what? He's a person. You don't have to just reduce him to the color of his skin all the time. Jacob handed me a pen. What's wrong with that? And so she writes a note being like, Dad, I'm with Alice. Edward's in trouble. You can ground me when I get back. I know it's a bad time. So sorry. Love you so much, Bella. (laughs) You can ground me when I get back. Well, it's not really up to you to decide when he grounds you. Also, you are flying internationally. I know last time you left him, you were just going to Phoenix and it, and it still stung, but now you're sort of leaving international borders. That's kind of not okay. 
And she doesn't even explain that she's going abroad. She's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll see you soon. Even though your best friend just died. Like his best friend just died. Why is she not at the funeral herself? She's so selfish. And I'm thinking, does she even have a passport? And she says, <laughs> another convenient plot point. She says, I was weak with gratitude that my mother had wanted to marry Phil on a beach in Mexico. Of course, like all her plans it had fallen through, but not before I'd made all the practical arrangements I could. So if you are wondering why she has a passport, there you go. And I know she's in a frantic headspace and that might explain her choice of clothes that she's packing, but she, she packs her wallet. Well, she says she stuffed her old wallet into her backpack. I don't know if she has a new wallet that she's leaving at home, but she's stuffing her old wallet into her backpack along with a clean t-shirt and sweatpants and a toothbrush. And that's it. Sweatpants. Like I know you want to be comfy on the plane, especially when it's a 13 hour flight. But are you really going to Italy in sweatpants? You're meeting up with your ex-boyfriend. Don't you want to look good? Like at least wear jeans. If you know you're going to run into your ex-boyfriend, at least dress up with a pair of jeans. Don't be wearing sweatpants. And does this whole scene feel really repetitive because we did the exact same thing in Twilight? Yeah, it does feel repetitive. Does Stephanie try and justify it by saying it's a sense of deja vu? Yes, she does. She says the sense of deja vu was nearly stifling by this point. But she says last time she was running away from Forks to escape thirsty vampires rather than to find them. Hilarious. She's like, oh, does this feel like I'm just retreading the same plot? It's deja vu. It's not repetition. It's deja vu. Pull the other one. While she was packing her bag with her old wallet, Jacob and Alice are in a little fight and she's calling him a dog. And he's saying that she's bringing them to leeches. And she's like, yeah, these leeches are scary. And he's like, and you want to take it to them like a bottle of wine for a party? (laughs) Doesn't roll off the tongue, but I appreciate your effort to be witty, Jacob. And Alice says, you think she'd be better off if I left her here alone with Victoria stalking her? Uh, yes, categorically, she would be better off up against one vampire than a whole cult full of Volturi. A whole city full of undead, powerful vampires. Because we know they're powerful. And Alice knows they're powerful. They've all got little special talents. And she thinks she's better off going into that little nest rather than hanging back. Even though she's got five werewolves to protect her. Alice, I don't think you're weighing the risks correctly here. So Alice leaves to get the car ready. Bella leaves. And Jacob's like, Bella, please, I'm begging. And she's like, Jake, I have to. And he's like, you don't though. Like, you really don't. You could just stay here and stay alive with me and with Charlie. And yeah, Jacob, she doesn't have to. She really doesn't, but she's gonna because she's Bella fucking swan. And so she just pulls herself free. And he's like, don't, Bella, don't die, don't. And she's like, what if I never saw him again? So she decides to hug him and she says, bye, Jake. And she says, sorry. And then she races for the car. And she's in the car, she turns back and she says, take care of Charlie to Jacob. But as she turns around, there's no sight of Jacob. There's just a little shred of white near the edge of the trees and it's a piece of shoe and that's the end of the chapter. I thought Jacob had already tore through all of his pairs of shoes, but presumably poor Billy in the midst of funeral preparations for his good friend, Harry Clearwater has gone out and bought Jacob another pair of shoes and now he's ruined them again as well. They they need to start wearing flip-flops. Just flop them off, turn into a wolf and then flip them back on. Much more practical. 
So that's that chapter. The next chapter is called Race. And yes, it's an amazing race to Italy. Judging on on flight times, they should beat Edward there. Should be super easy for them. He hasn't got much of a head start. I mean, the phone call just happened. And like, I've been to Rio Airport. And let me tell you, it doesn't run efficiently. If you think your flight's leaving on time, you're sorely mistaken. To all my Brazilian listeners out there, I'm sorry, this is just my experience, but there were delays. But it is getting a bit more exciting, even if we are just leaving the Victoria subplot behind for the next book. Does that annoy you too? Let me know your thoughts. Hit me up. As always, thank you for your ratings and reviews. What else has been going on? I've been doing some more TikToks reading Midnight Sun. Just follow me on TikTok at Breaking Down Bad Books. Reading Midnight Sun, and just Alice is even more useless in that than she is in this book. And Edward really wanted to kill Bella. Like, I think that's just not really clear from when we read it from Bella's perspective about how much Edward wanted to kill her, but he really wanted to kill her. And over on the Patreon, we're talking about 365 days, which is just so bonkers. So bonkers. It's so poorly written, but it is much more enjoyable to read than New Moon, maybe because she's not moping around the whole book. Anyway, I'm rambling at this point. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.